0: Who was writing all of this stuff, right? Broke $75,000 a year journalists or very straight down the road, middle-class radio show announcers, right? Those were the people that were the ones taking the knowledge and information and then telling us the conclusion that we should come to. And it, it, this gets doubly dangerous when it's laced with envy, Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. You have an audience. We are live. Nice. All right, everyone. This is going to be a really fun episode. So we are going to let the Hulk out of his cage for a minute. Cause guys, this is what happens behind the scenes a lot of times is we'll have a conversation and then usually it's when Jimmy's running or lifting, he'll call me up and then we'll just yell at each other for like 30 minutes about whatever's got us bugged. And today, instead of doing that to each other on our phones, we thought we'd do that with each other right here in front of you guys. Does that sound good? So I don't know if we got anybody on live yet, but if that sounds good to you, comment down below hashtag, give me the rant, hashtag rant, and we're gonna get this thing going. So, Jimmy,
1: what's got you fired up today? All right, so that episode you and Ryan just put out, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal episode. And part of this rant is like, I can't let these guys have all the fun. (laughs) Jimmy, you were telling me this, today does mark, this is, why is this financial freedom? Well, this is cool, like I got a ton of stuff to do today. We've already been on like two hours worth of meetings, but it's like, you know what? That stuff can wait. I want to pop off about this. So I have not necessarily the obligation, but the option to pop off when I want to. And luckily we have a great audience who thinks some of these rants are relevant to them. And so that's another thing we're going to touch on. So there's two frames I want to expand on from the phenomenal podcast you guys just did. And like, how would you title that podcast you did on Trump's tax returns? I mean, it's the
0: hidden secret behind it's what's
1: hiding in plain sight that nobody tells you about. Right. And then I I I want to tap on two things to that podcast. We're going to talk about how much of this stuff is driven out of envy. And then we're also mm-hmm. going to talk about a new frame inside cash flow tactics that we're ripping straight from the seam to leb called an intellectual yet an idiot. So this and is it, the IYIs. Yeah. And so, you know, it goes, it's a lot of stuff you learn on the playground, like, man, this kid's really book smart, but he has no common sense. He's an idiot, right? Yep. And so there's a, you know, Taleb talks about this, like, just because you have a university degree doesn't mean anything other than you have a university degree, does not mean you can be a practitioner in any way, shape or form. And that article written about Trump's tax return, there is zero Zero practitioner input in the entire article. And there's so, no disclaimer of, hey, I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's what, that's what I'm pissed about. So we, try, we qualified it from my angle of a similar
0: conversation of, I don't take advice from people that are poorer, stupider, fatter, less well off than I am. I want to take advice from people that
1: are better than I am that can make me better, Right. I don't take advice from people who don't qualify their statements like, hey, I could be wrong. Here's what I'm missing. Here's what I could potentially be missing.
0: And so with the intellectual yet idiot side of this, Jimmy, you were pointing this out as we talked a little bit. They did a very good job articulating what they were seeing and what they thought and the conclusions they were come to. It was grammatically and it was very well written. Right. But it didn't make it. Accurate, right? It didn't make it relevant.
1: Relevant, right? Yeah, it didn't make it a useful piece, other than if you're just so mad that there's rich people out there paying less in income taxes, one of the several type of taxes, than you are, and like there was no qualification in the entire article to that effect. And I get a certain point. I don't know if they have a moral obligation to qualify their statements or the reader has a moral obligation to read between the lines. Okay, Jimmy, I I really think you just hit on something that is important. This is why our
0: listenership, our audience, this is why I think you felt so compelled to call me and say, ah, we got to get on and talk about this, is we can't make people qualify their statements, right? Like that's just not what society is going to do. So we feel an obligation to ensure that you know how to first look for What is driving the information? What is the source of this information? What is the angle that they're trying to take so that you can qualify it and filter it out and put it in the bucket of the 97% or the 3%,
1: right? And then really that's why we felt compelled to do to do a follow-up to this. The only reason we have a business and the only reason we have a market, the reason 97% of financial advice is dangerous missing and wrong Is because 97% of it's created by IYIs, by people with degrees who are too arrogant to ever qualify their statement or too arrogant to ever get their hands dirty and get in the game and become a practitioner. Okay, so let's
0: poke at IYIs for a second to make sure everybody really understands that. Jimmy, you saw this. This is not a phenomenon that we only see in politics or in the news or anywhere there. You saw it coming out of West Point, right? How did you you see this in West Point? Like you see it
1: on the playground when you're a kid. (laughs) Like, there'd be the kid, like, how many times have you seen some really intellectually smart person being like, damn, you're the dumbest, the smartest, dumb kid I know? Most people say they're missing street smarts or something, or you'll have a kid who can barely pull D's, who everybody loves, who like, wow, that kid is smart. Okay.
0: So, how did you see it? Well, I'll, that playground thing brought up for something for me. And generally the biggest bully on the playground is also the one that can't do all the things that he's talking about. Right. So he's going to bully his way out of having to actually perform inside of, you know, whatever's going on. He's going to bully people instead of, instead of win admiration and respect through results. Okay. Yeah. But coming out of West point, Jimmy, how, where did, where did you see this, exact same thing of intellectually smart yet stepping into a realm where they were
1: exposed for that. Right. And then I think I'm able to identify it. And then it happens in the army all day long, every year, every time they commission a new set of second lieutenants. But like I've been, especially in my twenties, no one was more guilty of being an intellectual, intellectual yet an idiot other than me. So part of the reason I can, can identify it because I've been one of these assholes. Yeah. So And then I'm waking up every day and whenever we podcast or come up with thoughts, saying to myself, am I qualifying these statements? Am I practicing what I'm preaching? Am I not being an intellectual yet an idiot? Because unfortunately, Brad, like IQ-wise, aptitude-wise, you and I are smart enough to fall into this.
0: Uh, Well, and I I fell into it for four years. And we talk about this in some of the modules and the trainings where I thought that bridging the gap between where I was and where I wanted to be and and advancing forward financially required me to have all the answers and have them all correct. And that, that it was just simply discovering the right answer and then I could do it. And I had left taking action. I went four years from when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad the first time to executing on my first deal and actually moving it forward. And... So I went through, I went down the depths of the rabbit holes and I I thought I had to explore every possible thing. And this is what got me into economics and politics and you know libertarianism and all these different things. So I thought I had to have every single book read. And I'm the kind of person that when I discover a new podcast, I go back to the very first episode because I feel like I'll miss something. If I don't like, I go back to the beginning and listen to everything. I, I feel that I need to have that. But it did, you know, about... 3 years into that i started to realize learning more was satisfying me less and less and it was worse than that that it, it started frustrating me cuz i was like wait i already know this but i'm not seeing i'm not doing it and i bordered on where we see a lot of people go financially is they start to then not believe that it will ever work right cuz then they find yep. so many contradictions or so many ways to work themselves out of it and they're all tied up in knots and frustrated and they then they just exit. And I feel fortunate for missing that and saying, look, I just I got to just start putting this into practice. And this is one of the best things that I get out of the relationship I have with Jimmy is Jimmy doesn't let me just think about stuff. He's always saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How does this apply? What is where is this real? Where do we see this? Let's go. And it has transformed my
1: ability to take my knowledge and actually do something with it. Well, Uh, This is like one of the worst parts about life. And then we'll get in the second lieutenant story. But, and this is straight from Yogi Berra, not exactly an intellectual, but in theory, there should, there is no difference between theory and practice In practice. There is, it's like you have to practice. So here's what happens every spring inside the military. They commission a new set of second lieutenants who have, All the book knowledge required to be a leader, all the book knowledge required to be a second lieutenant, right? Yep. And every platoon sergeant, every June is like, oh, no, I got to deal with another one of these guys, another moron. And so the platoon sergeant is not right. And like the cross they bear is they have to deal with this guy or this lady and train them to put their theory to practice. And that is, uh, if you ever, if you thank a veteran, ask them if they were ever E7 or above and thank them for that. Because that is a, and that's, even the most humble West Point graduate is still going to suffer from this because all they have is book knowledge. But then when you get a really arrogant and cocky one, he just gets destroyed by all his men because or women these days. But they can accept, that that leader has the book knowledge. They can accept they have the mental aptitude, but they still think they're a moron, and they're not wrong because yep, yeah, because learning something and doing something are two
0: totally, completely different things. And it goes deeper than this, Jimmy. In Taleb's books, he talks about the issue of lect- what he calls lecturing birds to fly, right? <laughs> yeah. And the, one of the best examples in that that I liked is he said. Okay, and, yeah, an NFL football player who throws a perfect spiral 40 yards downfield to the, to the receiver in it, and then they make the completion. After the fact, we can map the arc of that pass and do all the geometry and say why it worked, but Tom Brady doesn't need to know geometry in order to be able to throw the pass. So right. a lot of what we get told in the news, in politics, in the media, and especially inside of finance is somebody from their armchair watching reality, going back to their book and mapping out the trajectory of the arc and doing all of the calculations as to why it worked. And then all of a sudden, because they know that, they're the ones that made it possible. It's like putting birds in a room, getting all of the physics about how they fly and talking to them about it and then letting them go out the window and saying, see, I just told that bird
1: how to fly. And if it wasn't for me being able to know these algorithms and these geometries, the birds wouldn't be able to fly. Yes. And if, I we discovered it like, and gave it to them. Yeah. I hate talking in societal dilemmas, but like this is a societal dilemma. We have too many IYIs popping off with no skin in the game and like no recourse for their bad opinions. Yes.
0: Okay. So that I think that's going to transition us well to the second piece of this, Jimmy, that you were pointing out of Envy but I wanna make the connection and then I want your thoughts on it. Where this isn't dangerous if somebody just sits by themselves with these thoughts, right? It's also not dangerous if somebody writes a book about it, right? Where this becomes dangerous is when you put an IYI. It's also dangerous if
1: if they take these opinions and put them to practice and and then let reality show them they're wrong. Where it's dangerous dangerous.
0: is, is they sit in an ivory tower as an IYI, without any practicing knowledge, and then we look to them to say, oh, that's interesting. You must be really smart. You can talk to us about the geometry of the touchdown pass. How do we throw touchdown passes? What should we do? How should we behave? That's
1: what yeah, it but That painful. nerd is never going to show up on Sunday, put a Buccaneers helmet on, and have some 275-pound 4640 linebacker come smash them as they try to throw that pass. So they'll
0: say things with as much conviction as the truth around the geometry of the pass of what somebody should do with no credibility, right? Back to the credibility side of it without having practiced anything about what they've preached. And this is why we spent some time on the podcast pointing out who was writing all of this stuff, right? broke $75,000 a year journalists or very straight down the road, middle-class radio show announcers, right? Those were the people that were the ones taking the knowledge and information and then telling us the conclusion that we should come to. And it, it, this gets doubly dangerous when it's laced with envy, envy. Why? Why did this trigger the Hulk
1: to almost come out and rampage? Because like all they're trying to do, when you say someone only pays income tax and they're getting over and you don't even do the, the smallest amount of legwork to be like, oh, wait, wait, self, maybe before I make this statement, I should qualify it by the fact that, wait, income tax is only one type of tax. There's also payroll tax. There's also property tax. There's also consumption tax. There's so many taxes out tax. there. Yep that article to be intellectually moral they needed to go do their homework and see the entire trump corporations what their entire tax liability is cuz like for me me in particular i will tell you my property tax liability is so much higher than my income tax liability orders of magnitude yeah and but like not even considering that yeah. and i just i cannot stand it when you take a business owner and then you go to the public who probably is not going to understand this and just say, look at this one first order metric. And then his conclusion was Trump doesn't pay any income tax. He is getting over on the system, right? Yeah. Yep. It's so all he's they're a bad, trying to do.
0: He's a, he's a bad person and will be a bad president because of that. Yes. Without doing any homework. And like. Well, uh, but then that, it also didn't even go down the rabbit hole further of okay, so what if that's true, what does that mean, right? Right. And this is where the entire article, everything we read just came from this place of somebody has more than me and I should have it too. (laughs) And if I could just get some of what that person has, like they should just pay their fair share then my life would be better. They're missing a huge blind spot. And this is the blind spot we wanna make sure those that are listening to us don't fall into the same trap because I can't get any better if my only goal is to tear everyone around me down. That doesn't actually end up make me any better. I can appear better, I can appear relatively larger But if I deleted everything around and did a pure one-on-one self-assessment,
1: I didn't get any better. Well, and then that's another problem with IYIs. They rate themselves on the intellectual zingers they can send to people. Their life is graded on a curve. Well, I just showed the most, one of the richest people in the world and the president of the United States that intellectually, I can take them down. I must, in the scale of IYI, I am higher up in the IYI scale. Yeah, intellectually. If you have no, you're not grading yourself on results, then yeah, verbal joust become like your, uh, how you rate yourself. So, to live inside of our own reality here,
0: to make sure that nobody thinks we're going to pause and take a break here for a second, Jimmy, just to make sure nobody thinks this is like a pro Trump political post, right? Where do you fall on the actual political spectrum? Like, would that help qualify like, where this is? Yeah, if you're from. thinking,
1: if you're thinking like me and Brad are just sub operatives for the Trump campaign. There's, <laughs> the, I mean, if I was in a party, it would be libertarian. I will always vote for the person who will leave me alone the most. That's, I, I know that's, that's a, a mind-boggling thought to people, but like, I just want to be left alone.
0: Yes. So whoever will give me the greatest chance of being left alone, and that's why this article, it was so laced with intellectualism and envy that no one could read that article without coming to the conclusion of, I have to do something and we have to fix this and and we have to now get in everybody's lives and, ch- and now it, 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 fundamentally this vantage point that is being pushed, I believe is a threat to ultimately a threat to freedom, which is why we feel like we, we need to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and there's right? definitely
1: one party out there that's laced with intellectualism and envy. And I'll let you guess- Which Which, one it is. So at a certain point, you got to pop off when you're so against something that you're not necessarily for something. But like, I don't like sending my, you know, having my kids grow up in a world where people who are succeeding are getting zinged by IYIs and getting torn down and brought down. Okay, so let's bring this back inside the circle of
0: somebody's game plan, right? Financial freedom in 10 years or less. How does envy and the IYI dilemma Knowing and understanding this, what do we do if we're on the path to trying to be just like you and I were? I don't care what's going on around, like i just I just want to be free. I just want to get myself financially free. How do we use this? what How does this help us? It's just
1: so you you just put it where without the lens of core four, four pillars wealth pyramid, like you might pay attention to that article. but mm-hmm. you see like, oh, wait a minute, it's like a filter. This guy's clearly an i y i, clearly driven by envy. I'm not going to read that ever again. Yeah. And this is happening. Like New York Times articleship, our readership, and as a business is falling apart. And it's- It's being torn apart, right? And it's be creating space for you know two dudes who met on the internet, like three dudes who met on the internet, like you, me, and Ryan, to actually <laughs> be able to put thoughts out into the ethernet. Well, and Jimmy, you're in, in the world of real estate. You do a lot of real estate
0: masterminds. You- are, you know, very active there. Does the IYI issue prevalent when it comes to somebody trying to learn about real estate? Yeah. How many courses do people like, the joke is, is as soon as you do one deal, rather than doing a second deal, it's better to just write a course about the deal that you just did. Right. And sell Uh, that on the internet. Yeah. Right? So- you're part of a group called Collective Genius or CG. And what makes that group not fall prey to the IYI problem is there's a benchmark to be in that group. What
1: is it? You got to do a hundred deals a year, but I'll tell you what else. Hey, cause everybody comes in as an IYI in that group. I was the worst IYI. Yep. I thought I understood core four, four pillars. I had a hundred rentals. I thought I knew I was doing right. And like, I could see it in their eyes. Like, <laughs> it was just, it was the same look my first platoon sergeant gave. <laughs> it was like, damn, this guy is smart, but he's an idiot. And everybody's first meeting, everybody comes in, wanted to pop off about how smart they are and they how are. good they are, but like everybody in the room's like, bro, you haven't been through the war, you don't yeah. know what you're talking about. You fought a couple battles, good job. You did a hundred deals, awesome. Yeah,
0: but it is important that there's even a qualification of you have to be a doer to be in the group, right? right? You could have it be 50 deals or a thousand deals, right? Depending on how salty you wanted people in the group, but he put a minimum of, this is not a, and this is what separates, I believe CG and why you stay in that group versus anywhere else. You might go to learn something is, it's a room of doers, right? Yeah. And same thing in the financial space. Jimmy, how many times do we have a, a new person come into the group, be like, hey, this core four-four pillars thing seems neat. So does the vault. I'm interested. But I read this course
1: about options, and I really think I should be doing that. All the time. And then, you know, the, here's the line between me liking that person, and then I'm going to aggravate them and kind of chew them up a little bit. And uh, you know where I learned that technique from? The military? My first platoon sergeant. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was being an arrogant dick, he would – he would find ways to embarrass me, to humble me, right? Yeah. And when I was being a humble person who had no experience and didn't know what he was doing, guess what he did? He mentored you. He taught me. Yes. But I had to be willing to be humble enough. By the way, big shout out to Sergeant Willis. Thanks again. <laughs> uh, I need to start sending him every episode he gets to show up on. But that's what how you know I think you're moving forward is if you're getting somebody mentored. And so when someone comes in into our group and wants to have an intellectual neener, neener, neener. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not engaging in those conversations. I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to do what Willis did to me. But when people come in and are honestly curious about options, what do we say to them? We're like, hey, we tried it. We did it. Here's our thoughts. But by the way, here's where I could be wrong. Yep.
0: Well, and let's run it through the core four. Let's run it through the four pillars. Let's understand the mechanics of where it is. And then really we put it through the lens of, well, does it get us what we want, right? Yeah. And so that's where the mentoring and the help comes in. And then we allow you know, everybody to choose and make their decisions. But what we find so much in the world of investing is it's just as full of IYIs as the political arena is, as the news arena is, as the advanced education arena is. But it it makes us feel good if okay, we can I, if we think can I pop we know off
1: about what's really dangerous. Yep, is these IYIs that combine finances, economics, and politics. That like a guy like Paul Krugman, that starts to get scary, extremely, right. And, and even the like, Dave
0: Ramsey, right. Like there's lots of awesome, great stuff Dave does, but because he's mixed faith and politics and money together, it creates. Such an emotional charge, right? Th- that it's hard to actually step back and say, Does this work? Does this get me where I want? Is this well? Then, Krusen
1: was- also loves to spice in some envy, which can blind oh, people words. to any type of logic and just get them fired up. Yep. <laughs> so, what's our takeaway? Close us out here, Jimmy. All right. So, you always, always, always got to be looking. There's a, a less tooth term in the big short, but and my brother taught me this but whenever anything comes across your radar you think's interesting you got to be asking yourself who's trying to screw me here who's getting screwed i'm not saying every transaction somebody's getting screwed but i'm saying that a lot of them are and you need to look and so as i'm reading this article you and Ryan went through right mm-hmm. i'm like who's getting screwed here and he's like and i read it's like anybody who doesn't pay a lot of income tax is gonna be like hung in g because of this envy-loving turd. And then- Always look for second and third order consequences. Don't just take some, be incredibly skeptical when you're getting information from an IYI and not an actual practitioner. I mean, if you go back and listen to
0: the, how I started the podcast episode, it wasn't fact-checking. It wasn't going back to, it was looking at where was the information coming from and what was motivating it. Yes. That is, if you can get good at seeing that your filter and your radar will work, you'll, you'll save time and effort and energy and money and heartache by getting to that before, because there were, a lot of the article was factually correct, right? Like yeah. if, if it was on a multiple choice test, the facts, <laughs> a lot of
1: them were correct. But IYI specialize in multiple choice tests test yes. so you know, to get into the academic system. But taking those
0: facts and then coming to a what should I do conclusion, this is the, the street smart skill set that then is heavily, heavily lacking. And if somebody starts with IYI, mixes that with envy, and then is tasked with telling us the conclusions we should come to, that's why this has become so deadly and dangerous and so why we felt compelled to get on here and rant a little bit.
1: And here's my vision for cash flow tactics in the next year, Brad. It's gonna be when something of IYI comes across that our group just starts, ch- starts like IYI disregard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, everybody can use that now. Hashtag IYI if you ever see this issue coming up, and let's keep us ourselves all in check because we named our company. You guys, we believe this so deeply that we named the company with this built into it. It wasn't cash flow theories, right? It was cash flow tactics. Tactics, right? Cash flow doing. Tactics sounded more awesome than cash flow doing, but we could have named it cash flow doing. Not cash flow thinking, not cash flow wishing, but cash flow
1: doing. Not cash flow opining, not cash flow arguing. Yes, it's cash flow doing. So we're going to sign off with that. If
0: anybody is watching and if you happened to enjoy this episode, give us some love, like it and give us a comment of cash flow doing. Then we'll know that you're in the game wanting the same things we do. So Jimmy, with that, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening to the rant. I love being, I
1: love. Thanks for taking this 40 minutes with me and let me pop off. I feel better. I, I, it's almost like a meditation. Thank you. Yeah. So now Jimmy can go back
0: to getting to all the work done that he's supposed to be getting done and we can yeah. be ready for our three o'clock meeting. All right. See you everybody. See you guys. All right, all right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Rise Up Live Free podcast. If you're not subscribed already, then be sure to do that right now so you can get all of the latest information downloadable right to your phone. But before you go, what would it be like and feel like if you had your own personalized financial freedom game plan? If you'd like that, head over to cashflowtactics.com forward slash five day challenge there we'll walk you through step by step in just 30 minutes a day over the course of five days we'll show you what's working what's not where you're stuck and help you gain clarity for probably the first time ever and exactly what it will take for you to be on the path to financial freedom in just 10 years or less if you're ready to go join us at cashflowtactics.com forward slash five day challenge until next time take control over your finances rise up and live free